Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host, Lauren Lee Martin. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of Blunt Business, presented by Strainwise Consulting. You can learn more about Strainwise Consulting at their website, strainwiseconsulting.com. Today, we're going to be learning about a conference series that's making its enclave to the land down under, as industry leaders in business, medical science, and technology will be heading to Australia to gather October 28th through the 30th for Australia's first ever Global Medical Cannabis Summit, Canatech Sydney. And Canatech has done many events all over the world. We're going to talk about that here on the show. And we're going to learn more about the state of cannabis from the land down under with the organizer of the event, a native of Australia and the founder of CEO and the founder and CEO of ICANN, Israel Cannabis. Joining us from Israel today, Saul K. Saul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on again. Our pleasure. Again, we're really happy to have you back on the network. You're no stranger to holding events under the Canatech banner globally. You, you've gone to exotic locales like Hong Kong, Tel Aviv, and Panama. You have those events coming up in the coming months. What made you decide to choose Australia? And are you surprised that an event like this hasn't made it to Australia sooner? Well, that's a good question. Australia is, is probably the third most burgeoning cannabis economy. Uh, you know, U.S. first, uh, I, let me say that again, the third legal medical cannabis economy. Um, California first, um, Canada, Israel, and Australia. Um, but U.S. has all of the impediments of a nationally impeded medical program, whereas Australia is rolling out a national unimpeded um, medical program. So it's one of the emerging countries, you know, and the other reason we're going to Asia and Panama is is that's where cannabis is happening. Um, one of the things I noticed very early on in my cannabis travels in the U.S. specifically uh, was the the U.S. centric focus, the hyper local focus at you know the county level. Um, and coming from Israel and having a global perspective of where this industry is going. Uh, for me, it was always surprising that that Americans weren't really paying attention to what's going on elsewhere in the world with cannabis. And I saw that as an opportunity. And, and that's one of our major focuses is to take cannabis knowledge and the best practices and the best companies in the industry into these emerging countries and speed up their regulation and accelerate the way that they're able to enter into this cannabis economy. Now, talk to me about some highlights that you have planned for Canatech Sydney. Obviously, this first inaugural event here. Well, what is it that we can expect? So, like all Canatechs, we are an experience event. Uh, you know, there's a lot of cannabis conferences. This is really around the experience of deal making and business of cannabis, uh, the research and science of cannabis, um, and the people behind uh, who are moving this industry. You know, from from zero to one. Um, so like all events, uh, that's what we cover. Australia is particularly interesting because they're at this weird stage where the government have made a lot of uh, promises, a lot of um, 
statements that cannabis is going to become uh, a major force and they want Australia to be a global exporter force for medical cannabis. Uh, yet the situation on the ground is that patients still don't have access. Um, there are no p- products yet commercially available across the board in Australia. Um, there's no education for doctors. Patients are left, you know, leave, leaving um, with, with their bag in the hand, basically saying it's up to them to figure it out. So events like Canatech are incredibly important at getting the thought leaders into one room and, and pushing things along. And I think we saw that when we did our event in London last year. And since then, London has announced they're, they're introducing a medical program. Um, you know, this, this is a global change and, and it is happening everywhere. And countries aren't, you know, keeping their heads stuck um, in the ground at the moment. They're, they're looking at this as an opportunity. And medical is always the first conversation. It's an easy conversation to have. There's harm reduction. Uh, there's reduction of opioids. There is uh, help for people at end stage uh, diseases that have no other treatments. And when you make those arguments, it's much, much easier for, for stubborn regulators to see some of the, the benefits of this. And uh, I often say that medicalization leads to full legalization, and that's my hope uh, in Australia as well. And I'll tell you, talking about aging and change, that's really something to hear that a conference can make that kind of impact towards uh, towards a real country-centric view. Speaking of that, Talk to me about the makeup of sessions you plan to present and how much of it will be exclusively Australia-centered. About half of it is Australian-centric, so there's a fair amount of research being done in Oz at the moment. Um, There are uh, groups at various universities, so RMIT, um, which is the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, Sydney University are participating, um, and then bringing in some of the the bigger Canadian players who have a medical focus and trying to understand how we can utilize research that's being done elsewhere without having to repeat it in Australia. So the the regulator in Australia, and I've met uh, quite a few of the, the ministers of health of the different states of Australia, um, are approaching this and saying, let's do the research in Australia. But they're taking a step back and say, let's do the research that's already been done in Australia. Um, our goal is to accelerate it to the point where we can recognize that this is being done in places like Israel and take what we know there and apply it to the Australian economy and look at what sort of standards we're going to need in Australia to make uh, this exportable for Asian markets and potentially the European markets. Now, is it pretty tough to get people, would you think it would be tough for people to go ahead and make their way to Australia? More importantly, you just mentioned uh, a lot of uh, Canadian cannabis uh, types. Would it be tough for them? Was it a struggle to get them to go ahead and make their way to the show, given that federal legalizations are coming up and it's right at the time where you know, when, when the market's really going to start booming to be pulled away 16 hours away down to Australia? Yeah, it's always a concern when we do our events, but um, we have strong relationships with, with the groups that have supported Canatech throughout our journey globally and companies with 
a global uh, view of cannabis, companies like Terracan and Canopy Growth uh, and NGC Pharma. These are international companies that, that are not willing to miss out on the Australian opportunity. Um, and Australia, while being, you know, uh, smallish, it's only, you know, 22 million people, um, that's five times the size of Israel. So it's a really exciting economy locally. And when you add into it that the, it, I, I think, and it's my prediction, that Australia will become the exporter for cannabis to the Asian countries um, that surround it, it's going to become an, a very important global player. Um, having said that, you know, one of the reasons we're going to Latin America is we also recognize that uh, it is going to be commoditized at the end of the day and low-cost agricultural areas like uh, Colombia, Mexico, uh, Panama, Nicaragua are going to become important centers for the cultivation. Uh, but Australians are smart. A lot of them have gone to universities. There's a lot of brain power. Um, and it's time to, to take some of the innovation nation uh, status of Israel and, and get Australians into entrepreneurship. And cannabis is an extremely exciting place to be an entrepreneur. So it's, it's, we haven't found it difficult to get people all the way down to us. So I know that a lot of things are going on with Australia when it comes to the fact that, you know, they got medical marijuana legalized in 2016. And I want to go ahead and throughout the rest of the interview, I want to talk about the state of cannabis in Australia. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. But uh, I do want to present uh, quite a few facts that are going to be fascinating to our listeners. But uh, I'll get to that after the next break. But first, I just want to go ahead and go into one other question. The process still for obtaining medical marijuana, marijuana is still rather difficult right now in Australia from what most recent reports I'm reading have said. Now, you've presented a lot of events in different countries and different continents. Talk to me about the obstacles you had to be able to present this conference here for the first time. I think the obstacle we face everywhere, and it's particularly strong in Australia, is stigma. Um, Australians are a little bit stuffy sometimes. Um, I'm, I'm one of them. Um, (laughs) and, and we love to talk about it and we love to show that we want to do it and we'll form a committee and we'll talk about it for another year. Um, we, we take our time. Um, one of the things we want to, to highlight again is taking the international experience here of cannabis. Israel has uh, 40 years of cannabis research. United States and Canada have 10 years of robust cannabis commerce. Um, let's take and learn from what we we can see from the com- companies in, that are doing this all over the world and apply it into the Australian economy. And that's our focus. We're here with Saul Kay, the founder and CEO of ICANN, Israel Cannabis, and the uh, I guess was the conference chair for Canatech Sydney. We're going to talk more with Saul about the state of cannabis and use in Australia. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break here on Blunt Business presented by Strainwise Consulting on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. 
The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for coming back and joining us. We're here with Saul Kay, the founder and CEO of ICANN, Israel Cannabis, and he's here to talk to us about Canatech Sydney, which is coming up October the 28th through the 30th in Sydney, Australia, Australia's first ever global medical cannabis summit. Now, before the break, I mentioned I wanted to take a look at the state of cannabis use in Australia. So I just want to put some context into our conversation uh, real quick, Saul. Let's look at the latest state of cannabis in Australia. The good news I have so far is as we record this interview, the first Aussie-grown medicinal cannabis products have hit pharmacy shelves. More good news, the federal government has approved 41 licenses authorizing cultivation, production, and manufacture. So we're getting somewhere. The bad news is, what I'm reading is, patients are fighting the government for access. So far, the federal government only this year in 2018 has approved 1,204 applications. What's the hang-up with supply and demand? Uh, Like everywhere, it takes time. Um, Supply to date in Australia is being supplied primarily from uh, Canadian companies uh, that have exported oil uh, through a friend of mine in, in Perth who has a company called Health House. Uh, and patients have accessed it according to what's called a specials license, uh, which is essentially a license to use a drug not registered by the TGA. Um, now that growers are coming online and the first grower out of Perth, a uh, little green farmer, uh, have their first crop and they've um, created their first set of oils. And that is on pharmacy shelves. Again, how do patients know that that exists? What are the, 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 there's no marketing around. There's a lot of restriction around. There's a lot of hype around it as well. But as with all emerging um, medical markets, the lack of information is so profound. Uh, patients can't access how to get it. Doctors don't know how to prescribe it, in what dosages. Uh, and there's a lot of work to be done by those 41 licenses in Australia to, to really uh, get to the doctors, disseminate that information, uh, and also work at the patient level. Uh, but, you know, 1,204 patients is, is great, I guess. That's over 1,000. Um, 
but it's it's dismal. There's there's people suffering with with chronic diseases and end of life situations uh, that cannabis can help for. Now, a recent study showed that six out of ten doctors had at least one patient inquire about medicinal cannabis over a three month period. Are patients avoiding the push to get medicinal cannabis due to the bureaucratic red tape? Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know. The, we're seeing an increase in numbers of patients because of social media, because of, of the news of cannabis, things like Olivia Newton-John, uh, you know, an Australian icon using cannabis. Right. Um, I was surprised she actually, you know, this past week and uh, going on Australian TV and actually making the point. I want to ask you about that, but go ahead, continue. You know, uh, there's a fairly famous um, Victorian uh, personality, TV personality, Helen Kapilov. She, she's coming to Canatech, and she did an Australian-wide documentary similar to the Sanjay Gupta weed series, uh, but concentrating in Australia. Uh, and that got a lot, a lot of, of um, news, and people started to have a conversation around cannabis. Um, and while we're the first global cannabis conference coming in, there's a lot of activity in Australia. The fact that there are already 41 licenses granted means there are hundreds of, hundreds of companies that applied. Um, you know, they've been doing the paperwork and getting it ready and understanding uh, the complexity of, you know, growing cannabis all the way through to supplying it while all the time working with the TGA, which is Australia's FDA um, who are possibly harder to work with than the FDA, if that's possible, because they're both, you know, organizations that are impossible to work with. Um, and ultimately, they're, they're the, the stopgap of how to get cannabis. Um, so until the government takes a position of education, uh, which they won't do until the budgets are in place to do that, uh, which only comes through the taxation and regulation of the marketplace, you know, there's so many uh, hurdles to get through to a point where we can really turn on an engine in, in Australia for, for patients. Uh, on the flip side, hemp is becoming way easier to do in Australia. Um, and I, I expect that the CBD and non-psychoactive, you know, CBX market is going to be fairly robust in Australia. And they like their uh, natural medicine um, supplements. Um, and I think CBD is going to do really well in Australia. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned about hemp because here in the U.S., the uh, America's really clamoring with bated breath to see if the farm bill will actually go ahead and pass, which will allow much more uh, aggressive hemp production, and everybody's looking forward to that. Uh, now, we didn't mention, you made mention of exporting cannabis, and this is, my whole point of what I mentioned of all those facts is that I just feel like there's a, almost like a, it, even though it has been allowed over the last two years, but Australia has done something more than just to basically not just restrict regulation, but uh, the, the regulation of, of the medicinal cannabis being doled out, but also it's almost a suffocating type of regulation. It's just, it's very tightly restricted. Now, because of that, I read a recent report about how Australia-based MedLab Clinical was granted a license to export cannabis from Australia to other areas. So you got to put, you got to take that that product that's ready to go somewhere. So, do you think this action is a result of the government roadblock, and do you see this as a necessity for other licensees? Uh, 
for people entering the economy in Australia, seeing how slow the program's being rolled out, you know, 1,200 patients is, is okay, but, you know, that's since 2016. Um, so if you're really uh, getting into this uh, industry, you've got to put millions of dollars into it, and you expect that there's going to be a pipeline of where your product uh, is going to go. In Australia, the, the conversation very early on was let's do it locally but still allow global. Um, from my perspective, I'm in Israel where they haven't yet allowed export. Um, but it makes sense Israel is such a powerhouse of, of cannabis knowledge. Uh, to export that makes a lot of sense. Australia is, is only just emerging as a cannabis place. Um, and exporting that, they, you know, you haven't even built your regulation out in Australia. You haven't seen what's helping your patients. You haven't developed your own genetics. Um, where are you exporting to that particularly wants that product? Um, having said that, Australia's got a, a good reputation in pharmaceuticals um, and an assumption that if the TGA is letting this go through, uh, other countries would, would like to import that. And when I, when I say countries, we're talking about like Germany putting a tender right now for 14,000 tons of medical cannabis the next three years of the German program until their, um, their local cultivation, you know, starts to, to uh, see an inflection point. So if that's Germany and, and we're going to look at, at all the countries of Europe doing that over the next year to two years, um, we need global supply of cannabis from trusted sources uh, that, are, that are well regulated um, and transparent. Places like Israel and Australia and Canada are going to lead that way. So let's go into our second break. We're here with Saul Kay, the founder and CEO of ICAM Israel Cannabis. Uh, he's here talking to us about a show that he holds, Canatech, which is holding their first ever show in Sydney, Australia, October 28th to the 30th. We're going to talk a little bit about what you just mentioned. Yes. Why is Olivia Newton-John trending in the headlines about cannabis? We'll talk about that on the other side of this break here on Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a 
approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back for our final questions for... Saul K., the founder and CEO of ICANN, Israel Cannabis, talking about uh, Canatexinity, the Australia's first ever global medical cannabis summit. Now, we mentioned Olivia Newton-John, and for those, you know, I got to just tell a quick side story. The impact of her celebrity. I remember hearing a story on, on music radio about back in the 70s, how she boycotted performing in Japan because of illegal whale farming. And, you know, when she has a cause and she's passionate about it, she's willing to make sacrifices. And so to put her neck out on the line right now for cannabis is fascinating. And the thing is, talk about somebody that, that, you know, screams Australia and, you know, everybody identifies, you know, as a real true national treasure, if you would say. Or, uh, you know, uh, the thing is, so the singer and actress and more recently medical cannabis advocate Olivia Newton-John Recently, this past Sunday on uh, Australian television, she utilized the pro, uh, national TV program to call for easy access to medicinal cannabis for all Australian patients with cancer. She said on the show, quote, my husband grows it for me in California. It's legal to grow certain amounts of plants for your own medicinal purposes. So he makes me tinctures. They help with pain. They help with sleep. I am very lucky that I live in a state where it's legal and I have a husband that is a plant medicine man. So talk to me, Saul, about the impact that a celebrity endorsement like hers could do for Australia to push the needle forward. Uh, it's phenomenal. Um, first of all, I wish Olivia Newton-John, like... Uh, you wish you could have much, her speak at the show, honestly, so, you know. I, I, I did reach out to her, and she said she was not available those dates in Sydney. Oh. Um, the, the, she, she is a cancer uh, survivor and, and, I think, again, sufferer. Um, and cannabis has been a part of her therapy for a while. Um, I, I guess with, with everyone, celebrity or not, when... Uh, cancer touches your life and cannabis provides some help, which we see so often here in Israel with, with our patients. Um, it, it, it really changes you and there is a connection to this plant. Um, and, you know, Mother Nature or God or whatever uh, the story you, you want to tell yourself uh, is, is coming and healing the world. This, this plant can truly do that. Um, but when a voice like Olivia's comes uh, and and adds that into the conversation, it makes it a lot easier for other people who are suffering, um, you know, to, to understand that this is no longer a conversation around addiction uh, and bad drugs, but rather a new conversation around natural medicine and healing the world. Uh, and I think that's fantastic. 
honestly, I mean, we're, when you're talking about a, a celebrity that plays just a role model, it would be as if in America, uh, say the Osmonds, both Donnie and Marie said, you know what, we're, we're both cannabis users. If something like that would happen, I'm, I mean, just that's the kind of impact I would see that would be so, you know, it would just really break down stigma as much as possible and make more people realize that it's, you know, just the importance of the, of the plan and just letting people really have a chance to seek out the treatment to see if it will help them to give them the opportunity as opposed to trying to uh, dis- dissuade people from doing that. Now, just like in America, you know, the uh, support for adult legalized marijuana or cannabis, excuse me, is is there. But, of course, we're waiting for government to try to go ahead and, you know, wake up to it. And there are a few politicians there. Same thing in Australia. Now, there was a 2016 National Drug Strategy household survey that showed that Australians largely support the decriminalization of cannabis and the use of medicinal cannabis and a growing number of support for full legalization. Here's the big question. Do you think federal adult use legalization is on the horizon for Australia. Can they do what Canada did? I don't know how many listeners follow Australian politics, but it's quite messy at the moment. They can't seem to get a government together and have a prime minister in place for more than a few months. Um, It might well be that that if someone ran on that uh, cannabis platform, uh, the popularity of the Australian government might turn around. Uh, But as I said before, Australia is pretty conservative and take their time. So I think they're going to wait and learn from Canada. Um, and Australia and Canada have strong ties, ex-colonial um, ties, you know, through through England. So they're going to wait and watch. Uh, but, but I don't see any country, honestly, at this point, not decriminalizing fully in the very short term. I think we've all recognized the war on drugs is lost and it was a horrific policy that cost billions and billions of dollars and, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. We're going to change it. They're just not going to be the first to do it like Canada was. They're going to they're take their time. And the thing is, I wish it wasn't just a decriminalization. I know a lot of uh, politicians in, in America feel the same way that just to decriminalize would be better off. But I'm, my thing is, I would prefer that we don't have to have street street. Uh, bought cannabis out there anymore i would rather have it where it is procured and as as tested as made safe and it's made good to use and it's, it's properly put together so that everybody can have and just i wish politicians would get away from the decriminalization thought that i'll just take care of the problem i just don't believe it does there has to be more to it i agree um i think one of the things i've learned uh, throughout my five-year journey in, in cannabis space globally, um, and it's the thing I try and tell regulators. Yes, we don't know, um, but that doesn't mean we should limit access. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, let's give it to patients. We know it doesn't do very much harm, if any. Um, there are a lot of drug-on-drug interactions, and there's a lot we need to figure out, but these First, first and foremost, give it to patients. We'll figure the rest out over time. And um, decriminalization is just silly. Um, or criminalization is silly. Um, you know, people already use it, uh, supply it. There are vast supply chains in place. Um, you know, without a regulator, this would self-regulate into its own economy with its own standards. 
regulation is meant to come along and make things safer for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, if it does that, as that takes five years, think of the number of patients that could have been helped um, but weren't because you were overcautious. So, you know, there needs to be a balance here, but absolutely regulate it, tax it, uh, let everyone smoke it and be happy. Uh, totally agree. So hopefully there'll be a lot of Australians that will make their way to Sydney and check out the show and come and visit and learn and learn and be educated. So really quickly, give us some takeaways that people can expect if they are able to make the trek to Canatech Sydney. So you will learn about the broad spectrum of cannabis from the genetics all the way to uh, the branding and and distribution of cannabis. And you'll get the perspective from regulation, industry, medicine, agriculture. Uh, that's what we present at Canatech. On top of that, it is an opportunity to be in the room with the most influential cannabis people uh, in the world and, and they're coming to Australia. So you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to go to conferences in, um, yeah, United States or Canada. This is where it's happening and come and meet the people who are making change in this industry. Wonderful. So really quickly, uh, to go and wrap up, Canatech Sydney is being held October 28th to the 30th. You still have time to go and register, I'm sure. And the website is www.sydney.com dot canna c-a-n-n-a hyphen tech dot c-o and Saul K founder CEO of ICANN Israel Cannabis and here talking to us about your show Canatech Sydney um, and what's the website for all things Canatech so if, there's, if people can't make it to Sydney and they want to stay with some of the other shows coming up where can they learn more that's all at uh, www.canna-tech Co. Um, and our next show is coming up uh, Sydney on the back of that in Hong Kong, uh, very targeted for investment purposes. Companies raising mm-hmm. uh, $20 million plus uh, have an opportunity to present to Chinese investors. And uh, there are many, many Chinese investors who are coming into this industry. Uh, and following that, we're in Latin America, in Panama, in Israel next year. Um, come down to our shows, uh, meet, meet some of the best people in the industry. And uh, by the way, you know, being in Israel, uh, a belated Rosh Hashanah, uh, Happy New Year to all you over there. Um, and thank you, Saul, for making time to join us here on the show. Thanks very much. And Shana Tava, have a sweet New Year. Shana Tava. Learn more about Canatech Sydney once again at www.sydney.cana dot slash uh, uh, tech.co so thank you listeners for joining us for another edition of blunt business you can down on of course uh, rumor this is presented by strainwise consulting learn more about their consulting uh, that they can do for you at strainwiseconsulting.com thank you again for listening to blunt business you can download past episodes and this episode by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on itunes stitcher spotify and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.